It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to episode 19 of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter Henry and Brian Fonseca here. We got a guest this week. Our guest, uh, he is the first black man that we've had as a guest here. Black History Month. He's a trailblazer on the podcast. Second black man. Yeah, first first black man who's not an athlete. Yes. Okay? Uh. First black male journalist here on the podcast. Sports writer, deputy editor of Basketball Insiders, writer for USA Today's NBA Wire, and a radio contributor. You can hear him on ESPN New York 98.7. I listen to him on there all the time. Mo Hamilton. What's going on, brother? I, pre- I appreciate the support, man. Thank you very much for that well, kind always, introduction. Well, man, always, and I, I would be remiss if I do not mention also Caribbean brother, uh, West oh. Indian brother, Jamaican. Uh, so we, we, we always have a lot of island love. Before we came on, hey man, we spent a lot of time talking about Chronix's album, man. And how talking disappointing about, that was. Talking about and Dan, Brian, Brian was like, you know? Brian was just like, I don't even know. I'm Puerto Rican, man. Like, <laughs> which like, is fine. Brian was like, I don't, I'm not yeah, really. My, peop, my people listen to salsa, so that's fine. We got to get Brian to do a salsa dance for, for us, no, but that'll be no, some no, other time. No, Y'all can no. do that after I leave. I ain't really interested. You're not, you're not trying to see that. No, I'm not, not here for that. I'm not my head. I'm not dancing. Oh, I thought you were definitely down to do this. No. We didn't talk about this beforehand. We don't have I was, to talk I was about prepared it. for you to bring this up now. It's great. That's that's what makes great. How podcasting. much are you paying? How much are you paying? I'm not paying you a dime. All right, thing. fine. Awkward. It's <laughs> not a conversation y'all need to have during the break. Man. <laughs> All right, as we get into Dexter mad because because bro- he's not going to dance not, for you. I'm you want not, your man to dance? I don't. I want him to dance for the people. It's not about me. It's nothing. It's nothing to do with me. Nobody. About, I don't. Sometimes I it less. ain't about the people either. Well, okay. <laughs> anyway, this episode is about <laughs> Mo Hamilton, who's here as a guest. I said, guys, deputy editor of Basketball Insiders, writer for USA Today's NBA Wire, and radio contributor to ESPN New York's 98.7. Mo, uh, being a journalist in the sports industry, we always like to ask the journalists to come on here. Yep. Tell us. It's a note-taking episode for me. How you got to where you are, <laughs> what you've done, oh, what wow. you are doing. We, we gave a little of your credentials, but, okay. you know, we like to let people hear the story of what it's like to be a journalist in the sports industry. So so what's what's the Moke Hamilton story? Wow, man. I would, listen, I, I thought the first question was going to be about Emmanuel Moutier or something. No, like we'll that. get to that. Oh, we're going to get to that. We'll get to that. Dexter's going to get it all. <laughs> well, I mean, what is it like? What can I say? Uh, you know, I've been fortunate to, to do, like, speaking engagements and, like, career days and stuff like that for, for young people. And I kind of tell everybody the same thing. Um, it's a very difficult, very competitive industry. You know, that's for sure. People always talk about how difficult it is to make it as a player or as a pro mm. athlete, right? Mm. But here's the thing. If you six foot seven, if you six foot eight, you already got an advantage over all the other dudes that six foot two. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, once you yeah. have the physical tools, well, you already weeded out a whole bunch of the competition. What makes being a journalist and being an, an artist in this profession and someone that gets paid to do this, what makes it difficult is the fact that all the dudes like me 
that stopped growing when they got to sophomore year in high school. So you sound real Same. mad about that. Not hey, me too. I, I mean, Brian stopped growing in like sophomore year of middle school, but yeah. <laughs> How tall That's are you? I'm 6'2". See, look at that, man. See? I'm, look, I'm looking up at you. I'm, I'm about 5'11", you know what I'm saying? I went from being... <laughs> We're gonna keep I was a center. I was a power forward. I was a small forward. It's like, bro... Like, and it's like you had to become a point See, guard. Exactly. And See, but exactly. you weren't always a point guard like me. I had No, but guards. I understand. But even though being 6'2", I understand because that was the same for me in high school. Right. I was the center power forward, but when it came time to play at the next level, I would have had to be playing at minimum to two, and my handle wasn't really like that. So you were still six two. Yeah, but I don't sound as angry as you guys. <laughs> Y'all are real I mean, angry about the height. Like, yo, yo, I don't got any height. People mad. We're gonna get to this yo, manual Mo, 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 Mo raised the the tone of his voice, and he was like, "How tall are you, man? Come on, Dex. I'm not there yet. Listen, man, when you do, you you you. you see, that's that's one of the I'm lessons. With him on this uh, so far. I see you're with him. I know you're with him. It's one of the lessons to some of some of the young people you got listening, man. When you go out and you want to put a microphone in front of your face, yep. you've got to project your voice. <laughs> you've got to do certain things to not be monotone because the people that are listening will be put to sleep. If you That's sit true. here sounding like Ben Stiller. Yeah. So when I raise my voice and when I do these things, it's not because I'm upset. It's just because I'm, it's passion, <laughs> Dex. It's, it's see, passion. See? Yo, 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 this yo, guy right yo, here. You, 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 you feel me? You yes, we just, and I'm Puerto Rican. Right you know what they say about us? They say we're very passionate. Also, oh, yeah. It's passionate. Also. He slaps the table every episode. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Always doing that. Yeah, so man. you know that's going to happen. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail your story. No, no. You were making the point of the comparison between uh, the journalistic world and the athletic world and how you have the separation of height when you reach a certain height. Right. But how and do you separate gifts. your and physical gifts? But I think you were trying to go to how do you separate or how does one separate themselves as a journalist? Something that Brian and I speak exactly. about all the time. And it's right. all it's all up here, man. And, and that's the thing. Uh, so there's pros and cons to everything in life. Yep. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's a good side and there's a bad side. Yep. One of the things that we're fortunate to be products of and the age that we live in is the digital information age. Right. The Internet, YouTube, Twitter. Right. You literally don't need anything other than a computer and an internet connection to show the world your talents. And if you're lucky, if you're Ryan Leslie, right? Or if you're, I don't know, give me another example, Future, right? Yeah. If you're one of these guys that say, hey, you know what? I got skills, I got talent, and I'm gonna show everybody. Right. You just gotta press a button and it's out there. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it's a positive in that it's easy to get discovered, mm -hmm. but it's a negative in that now the pool of talent that you're competing with increases exponentially. You know what I mean? So driving over here, that's one of the things that I was thinking to myself actually, is just that the average person who's on Twitter and he checks Twitter and he sees somebody tweet something that he doesn't like and he wanna come at you and say something crazy, that average person literally has no idea how difficult it is to be a good writer, a good I journalist, mean. a good source of information, et cetera, you know? So just like anything else in life, I would say that it takes, it takes hard work, it takes dedication, it takes perseverance. You're definitely gonna have a lot of low moments along the way, mm -hmm. but you know, you continue working hard, you continue to plug away and hope that the platform that you get in the beginning is one that you can just kind of build on. So mm -hmm. me personally, you know, I, I started out writing for free. You know, I was writing, well, I'm not gonna say publications names, you know, <laughs> but. We don't have to, we don't name the past. Exactly. Yeah, those companies exactly. In the past. exactly. The so, past but, but there's nothing wrong with writing for free. There's nothing wrong with interning and plying your trade. 
Like that's we all have to go through that. And most people in 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 every industry have to go through that. So not even to say that there's anything wrong with it. No, I, I hear you. You know, but the point is like we all have to start somewhere and just, you know, brick by brick, man. You got to build your thing. And you got to keep your heads up in those low moments. Yeah, you know? as, a, so. as a writer, it's something Brian is currently embarking on and 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 doing right now. Um, and we, we uh, other people have said the same. We had Ian Begley on here, and he, he kind of said the same thing, the same advice Howard to Beck, Brian too. Howard Beck. Um, I think it doesn't matter what you're doing. Even myself as a video journalist, more so now, is, is the same thing. And you brought up great points about building your own platform, which we're doing here on Backpack Broadcasting. You know, this is what we're, we're trying to do. Um, but NBA reporting. It's NBA season, mm-hmm. and we are recording this a day after the trade deadline. First, the trade deadline was – I don't know about y'all. I know that, man. But Who do you yesterday – I'm going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday was just crazy because, you know, the morning, morning kind of started off slow, and then it was like noon hit, and it was a flurry, it was a flurry of activity. Of moves, yeah. It just went crazy. Yeah. And it started with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, the Cleveland Cavaliers ended with them, too. Ended with them. They made three <laughs> trades. I don't remember the last time we saw a team make, make three, three trades three, on three the trade deadline. Trades. Yeah, with a bunch of different teams. Yeah, yeah no, that's a good point. Because uh, one of the questions that I actually got last night, yeah. I was actually doing a, a spot for a different program. And I was asked if I'd ever seen anything like I what the Cavaliers remember. did mm-hmm. before. And I said, well, kind of. Right, they kind of did that in 2008, if I'm not mistaken. And it's funny thing is, when I said it, ah. I did say, uh, I think, right, and I didn't double check it since then to make sure that it actually was 2008. You are right, but, though. But the year that they traded for Wally Zerbiak, yep. I want to say, mm-hmm. they brought in maybe about five or six new bodies around the deadline. However, there were not as many independent trades, number one, and some of those new bodies that came in weren't exactly expected to be rotation pieces for them. What really makes what they just did very unique were the amount of rotation bodies that they sent out and the fact that they got now four guys coming in that they're hoping and expecting are going to be, two of them are going to be starting. Yeah, right. You know, and the other two might be, if not number six and seven, they're going to be number eight and nine off the bench. Larry Nance, they need what he can give them. Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson is probably between he, – he's going to push JR for that first guard spot off the bench. So in that regard, it, it is somewhat unprecedented. They've reinvented their team. They've reinvented their rotation. They have 29 games left in their season. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see where it goes from here. So I, I know Brian has some questions for you on this trade, but I just want to reiterate to everybody these trades. The Cavaliers made three trades. Isaiah Thomas was packaged to the Lakers for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance. It, that was along with Channing Frye in the 2018 first-round pick, the Cavs, their own pick. Right. Uh, then you had Rodney top Hood. Three, top three protected. Top three protected. That's not going to be top three. Good point. Uh, Rodney Hood, the Jazz, uh, our producer Matt Feniz's team, uh, the number one oh, Jazz God. fan in New York. Rodney Hood and George Hill, it was a three-way deal with Sacramento. They went to the Cavs. The Jazz got Jay Crowder and Dirk Rose. Yep. The Kings got Joe Johnson, uh, expected to waive him, and Mon Shumpert and 2020 second-round pick. And then Dwayne Wade was traded back to the Heat. Uh, he goes back home for a lightly protected future second-round pick that protection really isn't going to matter. Uh, as we know, with all that being said, Brian, uh, I know you were texting me about how crazy the day was yesterday. Yeah, and I told you to Capsa. save everything for today. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what's it called? I want to know, what do you think? What do you both think about what this kind of does in the Eastern Conference now? Because before, and I said this on this podcast, 
I was under the impression that, you know, it's not looking so good for Cleveland. Kind of feel like Boston's going to knock them off. And I'm the person who thinks, yo, you have LeBron, you're good, you're going to the finals. But this year was different. This year didn't seem like that. There were so many holes defensively and things of that nature. But now, I feel like with all the trades they make, yeah, it's going to take some time to gel, build chemistry. They have a couple months to do it. But I do feel like that they're going to get back into the finals. So I'm kind of changing my pick again and rolling with Cleveland. But well, I want to know. It's okay. I want to know. Yeah, it's okay for everyone on Twitter <laughs> that you can facts, you know, new facts come in. You could, you have the right to reserve. You have the right to change your yeah, mind. Exactly. You have to change your opinion. Yeah. So I think Cleveland's going to figure it out, be fine. They have a lot more talent than they used to have, I feel like. And well, they're a little younger. And, yes, all good points. And yeah. chemistry issues. So what do you, what do you think? Well, they had chemistry issues. It's appeared. What do you what do you think? They might have new with? chemistry issues, though. That's my point. But but at least there's I, positive energy surrounding it, right? Yeah. Mo, Mo, wouldn't you say that it seemed like uh, a lot oh, of negative? Also, also, out? let me get this off first too. I do not believe that LeBron didn't have any say in any of these trades because I saw that that LeBron had no idea, and I don't believe that. There's no way. I don't know enough to say. I'm I'm kind of sure, but let's. Mo, I'm, I'm just being a skeptic. Well, well, I don't blame you. Well, one thing that has kind of been apparent to the Cavalier organization is that LeBron has kind of, not just this season either, like over the past few years, he's tried to divorce himself more and more from the things that they do and the decisions that they make because he doesn't want to be the one held responsible if it doesn't work, right? So like public opinion is going to say, oh, well, LeBron is the GM. He's the one trading Dwayne Wade and blah, blah, blah. blah. Like public opinion is going to say that regardless. Yeah. But he himself to the organization has kind of taken a step back because he doesn't want to be the one with blood on his hands, so to speak. And if it doesn't work, he doesn't want for them to not win and then leave. And they're like, oh, well, you made us resign. He was vocal about resigning J.R. Smith, right? And he yeah. was vocal about doling out some of the big dollars to some of those other guys. Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson. Right. But in terms of the day-to-day things that they've done, my understanding, my impression from what I hear, he's kind of divorced himself from that, which in large part, is uh, resulting in people believing that this is, in fact, his final season in Cleveland because he doesn't really seem to be as invested, you know? To, to answer the original question yes, about yes. How, how I feel about the trade... And how it affects the East. And how it affects the Eastern Conference. So, before the trade, I was pretty sure that the Celtics were going to be able to knock the Cavaliers off. Yep. And part of the reason why is what became apparent in Cleveland when you watched and and when you speak to people was the fact that these guys really just didn't like each other. And we as, as fans and people that observe the game, for the most part, we really don't give enough credit to something as simple as liking the guy next to you. Mm. We think that you can put guys together that have talent in a locker room and that it's going to work itself out. But the, the average person doesn't understand that if I'm Frank Nilekina, right, or if I'm a player like Nilekina in his shoes and my general manager trades for Emmanuel Moutier, mm. the fan wants to say, oh, well, it's great because now we have two 21-year-old point guards that's and they can way. play together, that's right? I see it. Right? <laughs> I'm that, that, to that's that. what a, no, no, that's what a lot that's, – that's a utopia. That's a I utopia, agree. okay? I agree. But, not reality. And, and I don't know Frank Nilakina well, and I'm not going to act like I do. Right. But a player like him in his shoes, a young guy who wants to be great, who's fighting for his own, is going to look at Emmanuel Moutier come to the locker room and say, it's my job. Damn what, right. What you bringing him here for? Damn right. This my, I can do this. 
And that dynamic poisoned the Cavaliers locker room. Now, when you, now when you say poisoned, and, and we'll, we'll wrap a couple things before we go to break. When you say poisoned, um, I heard from a, another NBA writer that, you know, Isaiah Thomas having the voice that he did was a big part of the problem. I was hearing that too. And this person said to me that, you know, he kind of had this reputation of of wearing on guys over time. And then he also came into this situation injured and was sort of saying, you know, hey, you do this, you do that. And people look like, hold on, bro. You're, You're injured. You just got here. You can't tell me what to do. That's a big part of the problem. That was a huge part of the problem, what you're big, saying. Big yeah. part of the problem. Uh, the thing about Isaiah, and I feel for him, and we could do a whole podcast just on Isaiah by himself Word. from what this guy has I'd been be through. I'd be prepared for that. You know, <laughs> yeah. a guy who, I mean, look, his whole life, for him to even get to this point where he is an NBA player that everybody knows, he had to scratch and claw his way to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is a guy who's been working. This is a guy who feels like he's been underpaid for so long. You know, me personally, I think that Isaiah's success kind of got to his head a little bit. I mm. think, I, you know, I remember, and it, well, I don't even want to get into too much personal stuff, but I'll just say that I remember his first All-Star appearance in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I remember there was an encounter that he had with a few members of the media that I witnessed. All right? I wasn't involved in it, but I saw it. Mm. And it's just like, yo, like, he acting real cocky right now. He acting real... Like, That's a brand new. like, like he had, like he a ten year all star or something like that. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Now again, I I, I didn't cover him on a day to day basis, so, right, I, so I'm not going to act like right. I'm just going for what I saw. Right, but yeah, I will yeah. say, since then, there were many other moments that I thought were consistent with him seeming to think that he was he'd done more than he actually did. Gotcha. You know, you're not Stephen Curry. You know what I mean? Right. You're not Russell Westbrook. You're not LeBron. You're not in that class of player. Right. You know what I mean? So. I think Isaiah kind of needed to be humbled a little bit. So, I will say that. But at the same time, I understand his psyche. But for him to go on the record and say that Danny Ainge needs to bring a Brinks truck to him, that's not something that, that, that's well, not something that you say well, publicly. I'll tell you right now, well, that Brinks truck ain't coming. But yeah, but, in, but also, like, in order for somebody, and you just touched on this, but in order for somebody that size to get to that point, you're the last pick in the draft, Oh, you gotta be a dog. You're under, you you end up at Washington. Yeah, at, at, you end up at Washington out of high school, but you're under recruited. Uh, you hit a game-winning shot in a Pac-12 tournament game. Uh, you're the 60th pick. You go to Sacramento. You average 20. Yep. <laughs> Not only do you make the team, but you average 20 after like his second, third season or whatever. Then he goes to Boston. Oh, you forgetting Phoenix? Too. Bo- mm. Nah, but I'm not. I don't care about Phoenix. He Damn. goes. He goes. Sorry, people of Phoenix. He goes to. Bo- well, they're never mind. <laughs> he goes to Boston. Averages, don't worry, Phoenix. I got love for you. Averages 30 a game out there for you know the best franchise in NBA history. You know what I mean? Like I could understand like. My thing, I always kind of sympathize with, like, athletes, entertainers at that level in terms of, like, yes, some of them do develop big eagles, but in order to get to that point, you kind of have to have that. Otherwise, you know, how are you going to get there? And on top of that, it's like, how could you not? If you live that lifestyle, I don't know how LeBron hasn't been more, like, you know, demonstrative over the course of his life, being that we've been sticking cameras and microphones in front of his face since he was, like, 14, 15 years old. And, for example. And, and the other thing I would just yeah, say quickly on that is I, Isaiah didn't want to be in Cleveland. Like, everybody knew that. And he didn't even try to make it a secret. Neither he nor Jay Crowder were happy 
to have been traded from Boston to go there. I don't think a and lot it, of people are happy to go to Cleveland. Well, it doesn't, but but the problem, the problem, Dexter, when you have a team, mm-hmm. you know, Tyson Chandler said something to me once that um, I'll never, ever, ever forget, right? Ooh, this should be good. Tyson Chandler said that when it comes to the team, mm-hmm. basically you got three different types of guys. You got guys that play for themselves, you got guys that don't care, and you got guys that play for the team. He said this while he was on the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as, a, as a member of the Knicks. Well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that time he was on the Knicks. I can know who those guys were on that team. Well, and that's the point, though. The yeah. point is, in order for you to actually win a title, like part of the reason why the Warriors are so great, it's not just because of the talent. It's because every single one of yeah. those guys yep. plays for each other. Yeah. You know, and if Steph Curry goes out there and Kevin Durant got it going, Steph is good. If he gets seven field goal attempts for the night and Durant shoots 28 for 35 and drops 70 points, he is good with that. Mm. There's a lot of players, and again, fans don't really understand, don't know this, but for every one LeBron or one, you know, Kobe or whoever, there are 20 other guys that's fighting for their next contract. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and that dynamic, more than almost anything else, often mm. determines whether a team is actually successful or not. And mm. that was a problem with the Cavaliers. There were too many individual agendas on that team. Mm. And it was known. That was a problem. It was known. And then as soon as they hit some adversity, people started finger-pointing. You know, and it, it, was just, mm. it was just a very bad situation. If you listen to what general manager Kobe Altman said Yesterday, Yesterday, after all the trades happened, he basically said all of those things. And if you look at the guys that were traded from that team, Iman Shumpert, another one. Wasn't happy with his playing time. Was not happy. Yep, right. And he's looking at Dwayne Wade coming in the same way the Nilakina euphemism, that the same way that example, Iman Shumpert's just like, hold on. Yeah. I mean, what can Dwayne Wade do at this point in his career that I can't do? Can he defend better than me? Nah, I don't think. And I'm not. I'm not saying Shumpert is better than Wade. I'm saying that is that, the mentality yeah. of the guy like Shumpert and in not this enough situation. People, not enough people understand that. I, 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 no, I think you explained it. that well. All right, we're gonna take our first break. We come back. Um, we're gonna talk a little about what other people did, including uh, the team I root for, the New York Knicks. Uh, sorry and to hear that. The moves that they did. Yeah, you should be sorry to hear that. <laughs> I'm sorry I have had to do that. So I use whatever. your life. Um, We'll talk about that and much more. We come back with Moke Hamilton on the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. What's up, listeners? You know sometimes how it can be hard just to get from point A to point B. Now, when I have to get anywhere and I don't want to deal with the hassle of public transportation, it ain't hard to tell how I get around. I always make sure to use the best car service app in the game. I'm talking about Lyft. Lyft offers rides in minutes. All you have to do is download the Lyft app, request a ride, and you will be on your way quickly. Lyft is all about happy riders and happy drivers. Take a ride with them and you'll see why 9 out of 10 rides end up with a 5-star rating. Lyft always has amazing offers for new customers. And I'm here to tell our listeners about a great offer today. Lyft is currently offering free ride credit to 8 Hard to Tell listeners. If you are new to Lyft, then you are eligible and getting your credit is easy. All you have to do is download the app and use the promo code A-H-T-T-Pod to unlock your free credit today. Ain't hard to tell who is the best car app service, so use the code today and ride out loud with Lyft. The best new sports web series is here. It's from Backpack Broadcasting, and it's called The Sports Walk. The Sports Walk is a series where diverse sports fans take a walk 
share their views at the intersection of sports and society. The entire first season is now available on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and BackpackBroadcasting.com. See what other sports fans have to say about a variety of issues in the world of sports. Watch all 13 episodes from season one and take the sports walk today. All right, welcome back to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, episode 19. Our guest, Mocha Hamilton, the great basketball writer for Basketball Insiders, deputy editor, a writer for NBA Wire for USA Today on the radio tons of times, and now he's with us. And we talked in the first segment about the Cavs on uh, their problems, and, and Mo brilliantly went inside some of the issues with the Cavs. We're going to get into our producers, who they have their teams, they root for the oddball fans they are here in New York. <laughs> um, we're going to get to them in one second. One thing I want to ask who you Who you is, root for? Well, I root for an oddball team, too. Oh, okay, okay. I know what my franchise is. And he's from New York in his defense. But here's the thing, though. I'm not going to sit here and let Dex talk about who anybody else wants to root for if you tell Now, first of all, I was born and raised in New York myself. Yo, All right. Oh, so you're saying I'm, I'm delusional. No, 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 no not even. Not even. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at that. No, no, like, not. <laughs> hey, delusional. That word ain't come out of my mouth. Delusional, but that's fine. Now, but here's the thing, brother. My <laughs> memories of of my first memories of basketball Uh-oh. was Patrick Ewing. Because, you know, my family's all Jamaican. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay. So now, years later, the game of basketball has exploded in Jamaica, yes. right? It's all, it all goes back to Patrick Ewing, man. So my first memories was Ewing with the drop step, fadeaway jumper on the baseline splash. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm with you in, 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 in the support for the organization and such, to an extent. But as a Knicks fan, brother man, you can't talk anything about anybody else's team. If they a Nets fan, if they a Jazz fan, if they a Cash fan, you can't you can't say nothing back. Don't even try it when I'm here, Dex. I got y'all backs. Don't even I'm, worry I'm about it. I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna come. We gonna this. keep the man you know honest. What? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mocha's right. I can say when I'm wrong. I am not. See, I told you. I, I got am you. not coming in anybody's team. I I think they are unique fans, and I think they're interesting. I must mess with you. Dex. I have never met a Jazz fan until I met Matthew Feniza. Me neither. I have never met a Jazz fan. Yeah, me neither. Ever. And I've never met a Wizards fan that, well, was white. I've met Wizards fans <laughs> that I went to school with that from D.C. But I never met any Wizards fans. So it's just unique. I respect that they're a New York group fan. But you have to, the fact that I've gone through rooting with all this pain that the Knicks have caused me in my life, they're probably taking years off my life. You better not make your daughter. You a Jets fan or Giants fan? Oh, <laughs> you a Jets fan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me too, brother. I grew up, I grew up fan, in Hampton, man. man. I'm a Jets I'm fan. I'm a Jets man. fan. And Yankees or Mets? I love suffering. So You're a Mets fan? I love, yeah, there I we love go. suffering. <laughs> I love Ooh. suffering. It's a, see, you should feel you should feel a little bit of sympathy for me. A little bit. It's kind of bad. Cause I, I I'm well, I'm a, I'm Mets, a Yankee supporter. Jets, myself, you know, so. and Knicks fan. Yeah. That is as tough as a trifecta as you're gonna get. Come at me, y'all. I Come quit. at me. I quit. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. We we got sidetracked. Um, the Cavs. We just want to say one thing on them. Brian and I were wondering about how it affects the East. Oh, Do you yeah, right. give Boston? Didn't even get into that. Yeah, yeah right. we didn't really touch upon that because we got to other good stuff. Right, 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 right. Do you give Boston and Toronto, with all the dysfunction that was going on, and now these moves, do you give them a legitimate shot at still winning the East and getting to the finals? Or are you like Brian, where Brian looked at the information that's coming now and it's kind of like, no, I'm kind of going back with the Cavs? Yeah. I'm kind of leaning back toward the Cavaliers at this point. Yo, people are gonna come for y'all on Twitter. I like, got flip flopping. First of all, I'm <laughs> already doing that now. I'm gonna say this. Some other stuff. I'm gonna say this, right? 
If I were to move out of the United States, okay, Toronto, as I think about it. I like Toronto. Toronto would be on the short list of cities that I would move to. Great Caribbean I gotta, population. I go there. Great Good Caribbean. Food. I haven't been very beautiful diverse city, culturally. Very clean. City. Yeah. I, I love Toronto. Affordable. You know, Toronto is a great city. I agree. But the Keep Raptors are trash. <laughs> Yo, Raptors fans about to come trash. Trash. No, no, no. I'm being a little dramatic. But I will say this about the Raptors. I have no respect, Uh-oh. no respect for DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry. I have no respect for either of them. And here's the reason why. You, as an NBA superstar, and as a guy who's making $25 million a year, $30 million a year. Okay. You need to show up in the playoffs. Oh, fair. You can do whatever you want in a regular season. You want to win 52 games. You want to win 55 games, whatever. I'm cool with that. I like that. <laughs> but when you get to the playoffs, it's time for the big boy shoes to come And they haven't showed up. It's, it's fair. And That's they have true. not showed up. So yeah. if you ask me if I'm going to give the Raptors the benefit of the doubt, the answer for me is a resounding and emphatic even, no. Even with even – with De- DeMar DeRozan's play sort of don't care. Elevated. They'll be out don't in the second care. round. Don't care. They'll be out in the second it round. It means nothing to me. I, I, I respect what he's doing in, in, the, in the regular season. His game has taken a leap forward. Shots yeah. gotten better, shooting better from downtown. If, it, it is tremendous. Yeah. However, yes. when that calendar flips to May, if those numbers don't stay the same, it means nothing, Dexter. And we've seen this the past couple of years. That's, That's why you asked me about the Raptors. I'm like, look, Pascal Siakam, yeah. Norman Powell, Jakob Poto. I got respect for them dudes. They I like what they're doing. Yeah. I like the supporting cast in Toronto. But the only way they have a shot at toppling LeBron or any of the other teams that's going to find themselves in the top four of the conference is if Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan show up and do their job. Boston. I think the Cavs now are equipped to tackle the Celtics. If you're going to pick the Celtics, so, so let me say this. Over the course of a seven-game series, the problem that the Cavaliers have now without Jay Crowder and without Iman Shumpert, they don't got nobody to defend Kyrie Irving. Mm. Kyrie is going to be able to do what he wants against them. Mm. LeBron? He was anyway, no? Well, but at least at least when you had Jay Crowder and you had Iman Shumpert, you at least had some bodies you could throw so at him. Not believing yeah. in George Hill. Well, I mean, you're probably throwing Jordan Clarkson at him too now. That's not good. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That, I don't think that's actually. I mean, but a pro. you had Isaiah Thomas, so I like. mean, that wasn't good either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Overall, you can look at the pieces and say they're going to be a better defensive team. But when it comes to guarding Kyrie, and now here's a problem: if you put LeBron on him, LeBron might be able to do a decent job, but. I mean, come on, man. LeBron yeah, yeah, yeah. is going to be 34 wanna, years old. He don't want to run around and chase Kyrie. And then if he does, what kind of gas is he going to have left on the offensive end? Right. However, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, you know, the Celtics by, by many measures are the best defensive team in the league, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. certainly in the Eastern Conference. So maybe they'll be able to slow LeBron down. But at this point, I'm going to give LeBron and Kyrie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that a wash. I'm going to give LeBron the respect of saying he's going to be able to shoot 55% against these guys still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's a wash. To me, when I look at the supporting cast, it, it's tough, man. You flip a coin. I'm not really sure where to go. Obviously, it depends on what happens with Kevin Love now coming back from the injury. Mm. But same way with the Raptors, how you got a bunch of guys on the team that the average fan might not know. All four of these guys that the Cavaliers brought in can play. 
all four of them gonna gonna be able to mesh well with LeBron. So they're gonna have a good team. And if you're asking me if the supporting cast of the Celtics is better than the supporting cast of the Cavaliers, at this point, I kind of shrug my shoulders and say I'm not sure because I don't know what Jason Tatum's going to be able to do come playoff time after he played 75 to 80 That's regular fair. season games. That's fair. Same That's thing true. with Jalen Brown. Yeah. That's you know what fair. I mean? I agree. What, what, what I will say with the Celtics mm -hmm. that they pulled off on deadline day where nobody's really talking about, signed them dudes Greg just signed Greg Monroe. Yeah, it was a good move. And Greg Monroe can play. Yeah. So in the whole thing, Greg Monroe may actually be the determining factor of who comes out of that series. But at this point, I think the Cavaliers are much closer. They got younger. They can run. They can play faster. Yep. You know what I mean? I think they're much closer to the Celtics now. And at this point, you know, I flip a coin if you ask me what okay. I think. Two more weeks, I might have a different opinion after we see how it all comes together. Twi on the Twitter's going to come for y'all for flip-flopping. Cleveland is seven. Listen, man, I ain't scared of no Twitter, man. I've been <laughs> – listen – Especially them Knicks fans. Dex, them Knicks oh, they're crazy. Fans. Oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, oh, they're crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know they're crazy. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but let's talk. I enjoy picking on them sometimes. Uh, yeah, a little too especially, much. Especially when it comes to, like, Knicks, Nets things. Crazy, I, I tell like, you. I know I know they're crazy. And I, I've yeah, said before, I've said there's a lot of rational ones yeah, out there. That's uh, true. Brian, they're not worse than Jeff fans, though. Probably not. Brian, I'm going to let you take it with asking our producers, the fans of the teams that they are, that I can't come at, I can't come at them because I'm a Nick fan. So yeah. I'm gonna have you, let, let's see how uh, Matt and uh, Matt are doing with their teams. Uh, how, how, are you, how are you guys doing? Yeah, how, uh, how, how are you guys? How you're, are you well, guys? well Matt, our, Matt Finney's our producer. He's a jazz fan. We already um, said that. Number one. Uh, New York City, number one. too much now. Did you, like what your, <laughs> did you like what your team did at the deadline with uh, Rodney Hood is gone? You got... Uh, you kept Donovan Mitchell. Kept Donovan Mitchell. I was hoping <laughs> I to trade That's him That's all you care about. Yeah, right? That's on, uh, no. You wanted to get Joe rid of Ingles, you, too. You wanted to get rid of Derek Favors. You didn't do that. That's all right. You wanted to get rid of Ricky Rubio. You didn't do that. But Rubio is averaging 24 points over the past, Stop what, nine it. games? Stop it. Every time he gets the ball, I still cringe, but he <laughs> makes a shot. Okay, the dude's playing well. He just had a career high the other day, what, 34 points in a game? It's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, Rodney Hood. <laughs> Joe, he did. Yeah. He did. He did. He did. Well, yeah. The no, that's the question. I was saying, he did. No, he, no, he, no, did. he had a career high. Ass, no. like, all right, well, no, okay. Um, Rodney Hood and Joe Johnson leaving. Joe Johnson, towards the end of his career, both had expiring contracts. Um, the Jazz, you know, I'm not – too confident they'll make that eighth seed yet, but Johnson wants to be on a playoff team, so him leaving not that big and of a deal. And he wants to be around people he could identify with, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta play that card. You gotta play that card. Yo. Okay. <laughs> Rodney Hood, um, on the other hand, he had a spot on the team, but he had too many injuries, and Mitchell kind of just took over and stole the spotlight. So once he came back, um, he really didn't have any place there, and I think there was some internal conflict somewhere. Um, but him leaving isn't that big of a deal either. So, but Crowder and um, the guy they released, you know. The guy they released. Yeah, yeah, Rose? yeah. That's what we're calling Derrick Rose. Yeah, the guy, the guy they released. They released. I was not happy fall. about getting Derrick Rose. I mean. And then I checked Twitter five minutes later, Derrick Rose will be released. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was, he was happy he, about that. Actually, he did. Yeah, that's fair. He texted did, our group did, chat. Did, did, you, did you happen to see the video of the guy that was like in, uh, like, he was like, uh, under anesthesia in a hospital, and yeah. he, you, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. No, no. no. you, you got to Google this. I heard about so it. apparently there was some guy. I don't know what kind of surgery he was having, but there was like some dude that was apparently asleep during the trade deadline, and for some reason, like his significant other wakes him up and sticks a camera in his face, and she's recording the whole thing, and she's telling him about what the Jazz did during the deadline, and he's like. He's high, right? So he's just like, yeah. he's like, what? Like, 
We traded Derek. We got Derek Rose. Derek Rose is terrible. He sucks. <laughs> it's actually very funny. Yeah. And she's like, "Well, we got Jay Crowder." And he's like, "But Jay Crowder, well, he was good in Boston, but he was he sucked on the Cavs." Can't wait somebody like he just he just wasn't like happy. That? He just wasn't. happy. I wouldn't be happy if I heard that. But hold on. What kind of basketball fan are you if you schedule your surgery during the trade deadline? That's on you, brother, man. Uh, That's true. You know what? That's a fair point. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to say, Doc, we're going to have to do this at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's the time I'm not having surgery. You know what I'm saying? It won't go well. My body will not react well. Did you see the thing about Derrick Rose's wife being racist? No. Why is that relevant? I'm just asking. No, I haven't seen that. Former Utah Jazz player officially. I just want to know. Okay. Okay. Her, okay. her tweets uh, came no, up and man, things like I don't that. know. I, I, have to, I have to look. I don't know. I don't, I don't search uh, that deep in Twitter. Our other, <laughs> our other uh, assistant producer here, um, other Matt, he's a Wizards fan. They did nothing. Uh, we. They should have traded Marcin Gortat. There's no. beef on that team. Uh, uh, Moke, are you making <laughs> anything of this John Wall versus Marcin Gortat? I am. I definitely. Uh, am. Yeah. I'm here for it. Hell yeah. yeah. No, no. So I'm like, yes. You got. Yeah. You got to. You got to buy it. You get into this. You got to buy it. And one of the things that have been consistent uh, that we've heard about the Wizards over the past couple of years. And it's something that we kind of learned about when Paul Pierce was there, okay? Mm-hmm. Is that there, there's personality issues in that locker room, you know? There's definitely some sort of alpha male syndrome going on over there. Se- I mean, John Wall and Bradley Beal even admitted this themselves, Stop you know what I mean? Like this, along. This, was, this was on the record, you know what I mean? So, and, but the thing about the Wizards is there's so much talent there, but for whatever reason, they just can't, consistently put it together. And I know they yeah. win the division last season, but people are expecting them to, to take a step forward and they've done anything but. So when that happens, it's usually a dynamic. It's usually something in the locker room, usually personalities. And I think you've seen that come year, out right now. And last year they nearly beat Boston. They did. Had John Wall not get tired, they probably would have did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I'm> <laughs> well, I picked the Celtics. Got tired from carrying that team on his back anyway. Uh, let's not go. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Matty, were you disappointed that nothing was done at the deadline? No, I'm actually really happy. You're actually happy. Because, uh, like, the only... He likes per- the Polish hammer. Pretty much, yeah. Because, like, that was, like, the only talk they had about, like, if they were going to, like, make a move or something. It was either trading Gortat or getting DeAndre Jordan. Both, I did not like what <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I'm actually with... Uh, yeah, we actually never... Yeah, well, we discussed this there before. Like, I do not like DeAndre so Jordan. So you're fine. I'm fine. I'm, like, I think this, like, really does hurt them more than, like, how they are now. I think this, like, really does... Like calm the team chemistry a lot, especially the beef with Wall and Gortat. But yeah, that yeah. and like, oh. like it, w- it was made public that they were looking for someone to trade for mm. specifically Gortat. It wasn't like oh we're gonna like Gortat Wall or whoever else. It was just him. And so his like, name being out there, right? Yeah, so he might not take a liking to that, and he might not play as well. So. Nope. It, that goes kind of into what Moke was saying earlier, how things can, can affect I'm not expecting chemistry. much. Yeah, you got Gortat <laughs> tweeting out, um, what, what was it? Unbelievable win tonight. Great team victory with, with quotations team ca- over. Team caps. Yeah, no, team in, in quotations. Okay. And then John Wall talking, like, what did Gortat say about John Wall specifically the first time that made John Wall say, oh, you get the most spoon-fed baskets? It was that. He was asked <laughs> I believe about it was that. that he was asked mark. about <laughs> that on, I forgot what he was on. It was like players only or whatever last week. He was asked about that, and he responded with that. Yeah, and John Wall so, was like, yo, let's talk face-to-face. They're like, beefing, and, <laughs> they're beefing and I, I would be, love to be there for that conversation. Oh, yeah, because I feel like John, John Wall comes off to me as somebody, like, you shouldn't try him unless you really want to, like, take it there. And Marcin Gortat, I mean, you might want to take it there. <laughs> so I'm not going to sleep much. Do you believe in the Wizards? Believe in them how? 
Believe in that, like magic, like they're gonna pull a rabbit out. No, they no, had. no, 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 no. They didn't pull a rabbit out. They're not gonna pull a rabbit oh, out. Oh, get it? Because wizards. But do you believe in them as get, being anything beyond a second round team? No. So you look, you're looking at them kind of the way you look at the Raptors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yo, we agree on everything. Absolutely. No, I, I'm we with y'all on, on that. But I'm just, I'll, no, but Dexter, so let's because be Because people, you know, there's always, you know this is coming. But it's the same and thing, And somebody's though. going to say, especially the Wizards started playing good without Wall for a little bit, somebody's going to say, no disrespect, Matty P. Somebody's, they might be better off without him. That one. No. And two, they make a little run. Oh, this is the year. The Wizards are going to come. They've been talking, and now they have the Cavs number. I'm like, nah, you, you got to show me. What have they shown me in the playoffs? Look, if LeBron goes to the Lakers. All right. If LeBron goes <laughs> to Lakers, when you start stuff with ifs and like if this happens, you, but you, know, you already know. That's man. my point, though, and that's the reason yeah. why it's so easy. Then, to, then to, that gives the Wizards a chance. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I agree. I mean, because that because that's the thing, right? If you're asking me if the Wizards are anything more than a second round team, that's what I meant. No, that's what I meant by same believe. thing as the Raptors. No, and I understand because the Eastern Conference Finals is most likely going to be Cleveland Celtics, Cavs. And that's the point. The point is, you're basically asking me if I think that the Wizards would be able to beat either the Celtics or the Cavaliers in the seven-game series. Yes. And yes. I'm just like, yeah, no. Well, no. They no, came close not. to Boston last year, but Boston got better. Like, Boston got Kyrie. It's a different team. They got Boston, Tatum. Yeah. Jalen Brown's better than I thought he was going to be. I will say this about Washington, though. And part what I do like about Washington is they – I think their ceiling – I mean, I don't know what the personality issues are, but when you talk about talent, like Otto Porter mm. and Kelly Oubre, mm -hmm. like these guys are not even close to their ceiling. And I know it's, it, it's weird to say that about Otto because of the contract that he just got. Yeah. But the reason why he got that contract is because the guy can play. Like he's a really, really good basketball player. You know what I mean? And if he wasn't number one last season, he definitely was top three in three-point percentage. And at his size and for his versatility on the offensive end, to be able to shoot the ball like that, like that's a guy that you can win with. You know what I mean? And, I mean, John Wall, say what you want about, about Wall, but in terms of floor generalship, I mean, he's a top, top five point guard in the NBA, right? I agree. You know, and if he's not I top mean, five, and, top doesn't agree, well, I, I, well, hey, you know, um, <laughs> as far as that deal is concerned, I mean, I thought that from what I heard, I thought that Kelly Oubre was a piece that the Clippers would have wanted in return. Yes, I so I believe that Gortat more so would have just been a casualty of the trade, and they probably would have needed his salary to match up with DeAndre's. But Oubre is who Doc really wanted. Yeah, I don't think anybody who's making a trade for Gortat is actually making the trade for Gortat. Exactly. They want so, whatever else. So, so, so in that regard, Gortat's coming for you, man. <laughs> where? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, so in that regard, it's actually when? good that the Wizards <laughs> didn't make that deal. Because right. you're going to trade Kelly Oubre to get DeAndre Jordan for what? And then maybe you'll be able to resign him, yeah. and maybe he and John Wall would perform a form a, a, a good a good duo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But that the problem with DeAndre is until until he can make you know sixty five percent of his fourth quarter free throws, man. I have he I'm concerned. Look yeah. look at the Super Bowl, man. Okay, look at the Super Bowl. Like so many points were left on the table, mm -hmm. right? By the Patriots, didn't um Gra uh, Kowski? What what's the kicker's name? Gra not um Brad Kowski. Yeah, Brad Kowski. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Is it? Did yes. he miss? He missed. Did he miss no, like Gus three Kowski. extra points Gus or something Kowski. like that? Yeah, I messed it up. All these you know games. what I mean? Like those yeah, points that you leave on the table in football and in basketball. It's just so funny Cowboys. because tactically, you foul guys when you need to. 
right? Because they say, well, maybe he'll miss a free throw. Maybe he'll miss two. Same thing in football. Like, it comes down to making the freaking kick. That's a good point. You know what I mean? So the point is, I'm not that confident that any team that has DeAndre is going to be able to win a title. All right, we'll see. When we come back, don't for people listening, don't think we've forgotten about talking about the Knicks. Because nah, I damn sure we'll have with that not next. forgotten. Oh, we can say damn? I didn't know we could say damn. Oh, we can say damn. Yeah, oh, we can wow. Say damn, 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 Knicks. All right, well, when we take, when we on the break, I'm going to ask you what other ways we could say. All right, well, cool. Just, <laughs> just to be safe, I'm asking. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that um, when we come back on the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Sports Guru is the place where fans talk about sports via video. All videos are 60 seconds or shorter. Sports Guru makes the video look more professional and fun by adding automated on-screen graphics. You can follow your favorite sports by team, trending, new, or by people you follow, and more. Type in the title of your video and it will automatically, that's right, auto-magically go into your on-screen graphics. It's just that simple. Tag your teams and publish sports. Let's talk sports. It ain't hard to tell where to get the latest merchandise from Backpack Broadcasting. Gear is now available via TeePublic. Visit the Backpack Broadcasting TeePublic online store to get shirts, hoodies, mugs, and phone cases. Represent your favorite Backpack Broadcasting shows, including the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, and of course, the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Check out the special offers for our podcast listeners at http colon backslash backslash t dot pub backslash lic backslash backpack. Get in the game with your official backpack broadcasting here today. All right, welcome back to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, episode 19. Our guest, Moke Hamilton, the great basketball writer, has been talking to us all about the NBA. And the trades that happened and the trades that didn't happen, we're going to get to the trades that didn't happen in a little bit. But one of the teams that were active, and it's been a tough week for the New York Knicks and Knicks Nation, uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis, uh, towards ACL. As soon as I saw that injury happen, I was at home. I was just about to give my daughter a bath, and I saw it, and I was like, that ain't good. Then you, you you needed to take a bath shortly after that, right? Yeah, she probably could have bathed in my tears, but I wasn't <laughs> going to cry then that that didn't happen. Oh, he didn't but, get it. He didn't get it. No. Nah. <laughs> I'm saying you probably... <laughs> I needed what kind of spiritual bath, a spiritual cleansing? Uh, it's, that, that works. Oh, because that's what, that's what every Nick fan needs. I needed that. I was, I was actually suggesting that you use the bathroom in your trousers when you saw Porzingis. Oh, no, no, now, if I'm at that point a Nick fan where it shocks me that much that okay. I got to, like, crap on myself. <laughs> I'm mad I, I had to explain gone. the joke, man. I mean, I'm happy that you I, it, it went over my, It went over my head. I'm sorry, man. I was, you know <laughs> I mean, what? The pain is too much in my heart. I couldn't even think nah, about nah, it. No, no, I understand. I want, I want, I want Dexter to get his next, uh, his Knicks, his next, but, uh, his Knicks stuff off. Oh, oh, I'm about to. Go. However, yes. Uh, did you just see this alert uh, where Scott Perry's talking about how oh Frank Nealakino, we haven't lost faith in him? This yeah, is I saw, that. I saw that earlier. You, should we read some of that before you get into get into your soapbox? No, I, I will address that in a second because oh, oh, uh, because oh. it goes into what Moke brought up earlier that I want to address. Anyway, uh, the injury happened. Then the Knicks went out. This, does, this is what doesn't make sense to me, Mo, and I want to see if you can maybe enlighten me, bring some clarity here to the Nick. The, the Nick Why, I can't a, do it? This was very controversial. <laughs> I am not a fan. I'm going to be, I am not a fan. Some Nick fans are, oh, what's the problem? Willie Hernan Gomez, he wasn't playing. Oh, so he wasn't that good. 
total misconception. You've been people people who have the logic that because somebody isn't playing or they're behind other people on the depth chart means it was good. If that was the case, well, we never would have got Tom Brady, right? Because been like, well, Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round, and then he was behind Drew Bledsoe, and now everybody, Drew Bledsoe has I'm never t- been I'm as good as Tom that, Brady. I'm tired of that dude's story. So I am, but continue. it was just a good analogy. <laughs> I think William Hernan Gomez had talent. Did he have issues on the defensive end? Yes, he did. I thought that once Chris Tabs Porzingis went down, here's an opportunity to play this guy. Let's see what we have from him. The Knicks season, Knicks ain't going anywhere. Let's see. This, there's going to be minutes for this guy in the front court. Yep. Let's play him. You can play him at the four. Let's see what he's got. What did the Knicks do? They trade him to Charlotte for two second-round picks. And Johnny O'Brien, who then gets waived because nobody cared. I didn't really care for that move. Then on the trade deadline, they trade with the Denver Nuggets. So you don't want to break them up. You want to just go right into the next. Oh, we're just going to we're going to talk this whole thing. All right, all right, all right. right, the next move they go into, which is acquiring Emmanuel Mudiay for Doug McDermott. Now Doug McDermott has not been good. Dougie McBuckets was Dougie McBricks for about the last month and a half. He was not shooting the ball very well. I don't think anybody's particularly missing him now. Mudiay. One of the worst players on both sides of the ball in the league. Doesn't shoot the ball well, doesn't defend well at all, well, but well, he's got athleticism. What was the thing that I sent you, that he was 99th amongst 99 NBA guards? In, 90, yes. In what? What was it? Was it, was it turnovers? Because that was that's his biggest <laughs> I issue. Think, I think it was actually his true plus minus that he was 99th yeah, yeah, yeah. out of all NBA guards. I'm going to say this. <laughs> I, am not a, I never was a huge fan of Emmanuel Moutier's game, mm-hmm. okay? And a lot of Nick fans want first. Not only a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of you, y'all are lying because a lot of y'all wanted uh, Emmanuel Moody over Porzingis. Porzingis. Yes, I I remember that vividly. I I remember being in a bar. I don't drink though. I was one of the people that thought they should have picked Moody. I remember. Oh, you were one of those people. I remember. Okay, y'all go fight after I remember being in a bar. Okay, you don't. We don't get everything. Oh, I know. I know. I remember being in a bar. Listen, if my if my livelihood depended on being right, I would be on the street out there. (laughs) See, but see, more reporters need to admit that and stop acting like they like they know everything. Yeah, and then we don't call them out. We don't call out the people when they're wrong. But that's all. But I remember being in a bar with my boy Kevin. Right, he's a Nick fan, and we were there, and we were like. Yo, they're going to take Porzingis, watch. And he was like, yo, I hope not, whatever, whatever. So then they took Porzingis, and everybody in the bar, nowhere near Madison Square Garden for what it's worth, they were booing as if we were in the arena, like the kid, you know, that was there. And then he took a selfie of him crying because he wants to be Instagram famous or whatever. And, like, yeah. So they wanted Moutier. They got Porzingis. Porzingis is... Do we even need to talk about how much better he is than Moody so far? We don't need to talk about it. What we need to you talk need to about, talk about it. I'm going to wrap this up because I need to let me hear what Mo has to You're say about this. You're not wrapping this up. Can't I'm wrapping this up. <laughs> they get Emmanuel Moutier, and this goes to Moke's earlier point when you're talking about chemistry. So this is where I am with Moke, all right? Mm. The Knicks drafted a point guard. I understand Scott Perry didn't draft him. I understand Phil Jackson drafted him. Frank Nilakina. I like Frank Nilakina. I think Neil Akeen is a good point guard. I like that he's good defensively. I think he can run a team. The passer needs to be a little bit more aggressive with a shot, but I think that, would come, that would come with playing time. Yeah. Now you go and get a guy who plays his position, has proven to me in a much larger sample, he doesn't play the position as good as Frank Neil mm. and you bring him in here, right? Into a already crowded backcourt where you have Jared Jack, who's time for him to sit on the bench and let Neil Akeen play, something Jeff Hornacek is doing is stupid. And you bring in this guy, was not that good. But some people are excited because they somehow believe that Emmanuel Moutier is going to be the second coming of Russell Westbrook. I hope that he is, and I hope that I'm wrong. But I don't think I'm going to be wrong. 
I don't I don't like these moves, Moak. I don't think they really helped the Knicks in any kind of way. The Knicks needed to sell off their veteran pieces if they could for whatever they got. Kylo Quinn, second round pick. Courtney Lee. I don't know if they would have been able to trade Courtney Lee this year. Might have been a little tough with another year in this deal. But those were the kind of things I want to see Michael Beasley, any of those vets they thought could help a team. Yeah. There were teams that were interested in Courtney Lee. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. They, they could have traded Courtney Lee if they really wanted yeah. to. But and and his three he's having a great season from three Career point year. range. No, it's never, like it's like you can sell high and get him on a playoff team and get something back for him. I thought that that was something they so could have did. I agree, Brian. I agree. <laughs> All right, so what you, you want to go Hernan Gomez first or you want to go Moutier Both first? Both of these moves. Let's get into it. Mostly Moutier. Think? Mostly Moutier. All right. Hernan Gomez, Gomez. Gomez, at least you got some picks. I, and that's, that's, that's the thing. I think I can be a little shorter on, on Hernan Gomez. What I'll say about this, first of all, people are kind of split. Like, the, the fan base is pretty much divided about this. The way I feel about it personally mm-hmm. is in the minutes that I saw Willie Hernan Gomez play, he won me over. He won me over. Mm. I, 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 see, I see Pau Gasol in this game, man. You mm. know, like, I see Pau Gasol. I see Mark Gasol. Like, whatever those Spaniards are doing over there to teach <laughs> young big men how to dance in the post, like, <laughs> that's... I'm going to have my son. I'm going to send him over to Barcelona. How about that? Hey. You know what I'm saying? I, because, but, but here's the thing, though, Dexter. That I we, see it with we, you. I'm with you. Well, here's the thing, though. I'm a believer. Like, you know, everybody talks about the way the Warriors play, right? And, and, and the motion mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the reading and the three-point shooting and all this. There's a lot of people in the NBA and around the NBA and a lot of general managers and a lot of advanced scouts that truly believe that you just can't win with a player like Willie Hernan Gomez. You know what I mean? And that's part of the problem because Willie doesn't really play defense and Willie is not much of an outside threat. Right. right. Neither is Inez Cantor, but the difference with Cantor was rebounding. the plan. Number one is the rebounding, mm-hmm. but from what I understand, the plan for Inez was to try to play up his trade value as much as they could and try to dump him on somebody. Well, see, you know what I, I mean. I had this. I had that point. I brought up to my cousin who I spoke about this. He tried to tell me, "Oh, the Knicks aren't playing O'Quinn and Cantor to build up their trade value." And I said, "Yes, they were in the beginning of the year because they wanted to try to trade one of those two guys off." I believe that was the plan. Yes. I've been told that was the plan. Yep. If so was I. If you're a Knicks fan, I think what you can be frustrated with is the fact that you don't necessarily seem to know what the plan is, and the plan actually seems to be changing as they go along. Right? I think that's been the problem for a long time for most Nick, most rational Nick fans. Now here's yes. the here's here's my thing though. Sure. At the end of the day, if you're upset about the Hernan Gomez trade or you're happy with it, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I can understand why you'd be upset, and I can understand why you'd be happy. Yeah. I'm kind of over that. One. I personally, I trust Scott Perry. I will say that I trust Scott Perry. Do you, Dexter? Yo, you trying to make this real messy, man? Because <laughs> um, you yeah, know yeah, what? Yeah. I I think the Knicks. I will say this. I think the Knicks, and I, I said this when Ian sat here, I think they're turning the corner as far as management and going the right direction, and they're at least seem to be committed to a rebuild, which I am fine with. So in that now regard... Now they don't have a choice with Porzingis being Yes. Yeah. So in that regard, I will have to say, yes, I do trust them. Okay. One other quick thing. Sure, go ahead. Orlando, Orlando, you can look at Perry's tenure in Orlando and say there were some questionable decisions made there. Yep. My understanding of that situation is that it was it was really mostly Rob Hennigan that was calling the shots that was determined to do things his way. Mm-hmm. Hennigan, if I 
and I don't know him personally, okay, mm -hmm. but from what I heard and from what I hear, Hennigan, if I'm not mistaken, was the youngest general manager hired in NBA history. He's a guy who came up in the Oklahoma City Thunder organization, yeah, okay, uh, a fruit of the San Antonio Spurs organization tree. From what I hear, man, the, the plight of the magic in large part was due to Hennigan wanting to do things his way. Mm. All right. Not necessarily trusting the people that he empowered to help him make some tough decisions. You look at what the Detroit Pistons accomplished while Scott Perry was there beside Joe yep. Dumars. You go back and you look at some of the players that they drafted. I actually looked at this, Dexter, because I thought Joe Dumars was the guy that the Knicks should have given a call. Oh, and every, every, I agree. Everybody wants to talk about I, Darko over church. Carmelo, right? Everyone wants to talk about that. But nobody wants to talk about all the picks that Joe Dumars absolutely nailed. And good trades. And, and good trades. And, and the picks that Scott Perry was standing next to him saying, yeah, I think we should pick that guy. Yeah, I think we should pick that guy. And I mean, that list includes Amir Johnson. It includes Aaron Aflalo. Yep. It includes Andre Drummond. You know what I mean? Like, and again, this is on my Twitter. I looked at this. There are scores of guys that they draft. You're just like, yo. These dudes knew what they were doing in the draft. And look at look yeah. at what Detroit's done in the draft since even gone. Well, so 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 that's why that's why I trust Scott Perry. So now I say all that that's to, fair. to that's say fair. I say this about Willie. Okay. Do you think that Willie Hernan Gomez and Chris Tapps Porzingis are the front court that wins you a championship in New York City? That that's one question, right? And then the second question is, do you think Willie Hernan Gomez would have been able to play up his perceived value to the point where if you did want to trade him, you'd been able to get a first round pick for him? I think both of those questions can be answered with a no. If you think one of them can be answered with a yes, then you should be upset with the trade. But if I you, think... like me, think they're both a no, then you say, well... We got two second-round picks, and we got a guy leading the front office who seems to know what he's doing drafting players, so give me them picks. I think it's more likely that the second question could be – has more po possibility of being a yes than the first question. Really? Yes. I actually think the front – I mean, it depends Second on, question being a first-round pick. Yeah, because let's say – Because the way I look at it like this is let's say he had played out the two years of his contract – and he showed himself still to be a defensive liability, but a double-double guy, mm -hmm. then I think maybe in that year you might have been able to sell, depending on what the, the, the NBA climate was, to sell him for a first-round pick. I think that's more possible. I think it's way too far to project and say that he could have been a championship piece. I didn't know that. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know that. Well, it depends so on your... that's, but, but what I can say to Mokes' point is, and I'll let you speak. Sorry, Brian, I mean to cut you off. I think that um, yes, if you're they going didn't by the, have to trade if you're going by, they did it. But they if you're going by the him. logic, you said I understand what you're saying. Brian, go. I was gonna say, wouldn't it depend on who's your backcourt? Like in order. Well, yeah, that's you, why there's so many factors. I agree that, but that because the way Porzingis, it, I mean, you if you have Porzingis, right? You have Hernan Gomez. It's not like you need three Kyrie Irvings in your backcourt. <laughs> in order to, you know what I mean, win a championship. I mean, I think with Porzingis, I think you ideally... Like, you're going to need a great guard, yeah. And you're going to need a couple other guys, 3 and D guys, whatever the case may be. Lot, you never know with these teams. A lot of his pieces going around them, coaching, yeah. how they Who's your bench? Roles. Like, you know what I mean? Now, a lot so. of that stuff matters. So, I, I hear your point. I want to hear I want to hear what Moke has to say about Moutier. Because I, I get your point. On, <laughs> so, I, I, I want to hear. Because everybody's going to be like, Dexter, well, you ranted on Moutier. What does she got to say about Moutier? I think we don't know who Emmanuel Moutier is.
I, I don't think we I know think who he is. Who he is. <laughs> I don't think we know who he is. You know what? I, you know what? This is the third year of his career. Yeah, I always say I think it takes three to four years to evaluate. Third any year talent. is the charm. Third year is the charm for sure. I think yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I'm so I'm somebody who for some people. patience most of the times. I think a lot of fans are impatient. Mm-hmm. I don't like what I've seen from him. Mm-hmm. I'm not in love with his game. That doesn't mean he can't put it together. Yeah, we've seen this from other players before. Look at Chauncey Billups. Okay, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, there are guys who didn't do well. Gary Payton averaged eight and six the first couple of years of his career. He's a Hall of Famer. Johnny, I'm not saying he's going to be. What about, what about Johnny Flynn? He averaged double digits, and then that was it. Yeah, so, so it can go, can go the, go the, the other, other way, way too. Let, sure. let, let me, so I guess to just be simple and somewhat concise with it, Dexter, this is the way that I feel. I think you and I kind of see it the same way. Yep. No matter what way you slice it, the Knicks traded themselves into what appears to be a controversy and a logjam that they just really didn't seem to need. I agree. I think that's my But this issue. is their history, though. Like, this has been happening be- because, since, like... Because some people, uh, both of your producers, are nodding like, yeah, exactly true. They <laughs> this always has been happening that. since, so, thanks, guys. So since people, Dolan got here. Some people on Twitter <laughs> made the point to me that Nilakina might actually be a shooting guard in a point guard disguise and that we just haven't figured it out yet okay that's fine but they have tim hardaway jr they still have courtney lee right they have ron baker like the backcourt the backcourt is is crowded there's ron baker no wild it's it's bodies is what i'm saying it's bodies and minutes but no i'm joking but i understand what you're saying so it's like you know why did you do this and then the other part of it obviously is the part that you and i see eye to eye on Mm -hmm. is the fact that scott perry did not draft frank nilakina and by trading for a 21-year-old point guard who wants to be a starter, who wants to prove that he is a good basketball player, in Emmanuel Moutier, you're inviting controversy to the point where Perry himself apparently had to come out and make a statement on Friday to say, hey, Frank Nilakina is still our guy, right? Like, it's just, it's just a weird optic. Someone could look at it and say that the Knicks are just acquiring assets, which is fine. But there is going to be discord in that locker room now as a result of this trade because it's too many bodies for too few minutes. That's how I feel about it. I, I love Knicks discourse. Oh, and then also, also <laughs> no, no, let, let's ahead. also recall that the Knicks did also trade away a second-round pick with Doug McDermott to get Moutier. So for mm. me, when I look at that, if it were just McDermott, then I'd say, okay, fine, no problem. But the fact that the Knicks gave away a second-round pick credit, to me, suggests that they actually do value Moutier in some reason. So so my question then becomes, why? If you're Scott Perry, why do you value him so much? Maybe it's because you don't believe in Frank Nilekina. That's what it Nick seems like. Knicks fans don't want to hear me say that, but yeah. that's, no, that's, that's, that's what I see. That's, that's what a logical like. thought. And, and, and yeah, I think just, if you don't... I, I'm high on Nilakina, and I think that if they don't let this kid develop and start playing him, I think it's going to be a huge mistake. I do not think he's a shooting guard in a point guard's body. I think he can play the point. I think he can shoot the ball pretty well, and I think he'll become more aggressive with a shot. I'm can I com- put you on the spot? Can I put yeah. you on the spot? I mean, being on the show, I'm on the spot. But, yeah. <laughs> How good do you think he's going to be? That's what I want to Frank Nilakina. Yes. I will like, say, what, is this ceiling, I is ceiling thought, a borderline all-star yes. level? I'm okay. going to say what I've thought about Frank Nilakina from watching his, his tape this is true. to seeing him play and what this I think he Months before Months he was before, drafted. I wanted the Knicks to draft him, actually. I remember this. This yeah. is how high I was on him. I was no one, kidding. I also wanted I Knicks to draft Porzingis when other folks didn't want to draft Porzingis. I can right? verify this. Dexter would be a decent GM. I think... I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, but I wouldn't trade him for Miami. I'll go that far. I've seen some of the other... What I will say... What I thought of him is, and to answer Brian's question, is I thought I think Frank Nilakina is a taller version 
of a Mike Conley-ish player. He can be a borderline all-star. Mm. I think he's a guy that can get you 17, 18 points, will be a very good guy, get you eight or nine assists. I think he can be that kind of guy. He's going to play good defense. I think that's his ceiling. I don't, I, doesn't mean, he, doesn't mean he doesn't have to be a top – I don't know if he'll ever be a top five-point guard. don't think he has to be. You don't have to have that to necessarily win. It no, helps. Conley's great. I mean, Conley healthy. never made an all-star team. Yeah. Probably the best. A lot but of if I told Nick fans, player in the NBA hey, Brandon Keenan will be Mike Conley, all of y'all signing up for that. Yeah. As long as you don't remember that Donovan Mitchell came after him. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. And you got, now, you got, now you got him smiling, right? Here's the, here's the thing with that. And Donovan Mitchell is who I wanted after Frank Nilekina. I'm going to say this. I know why you're I'm, saying No, no, I'm with you on yeah. Nilekina, though. I feel the same exact way. And I feel like just like we don't know who Emmanuel Moutier is, we don't know who Frank Nilekina is That's either. fair. We don't and, know. And, and yeah. I, think, I think what happens, especially, especially in New York, but you had guys like Damian Lillard and, and Kyrie, and then mm -hmm. before them LeBron and mm -hmm. Donovan Mitchell, like – and Ben Simmons, even though Ben Simmons is kind of a red shirt. But rookies are not supposed to be this good. Like, for there guys go. to come in the league and, and light it up, like, it's not supposed to happen. People don't understand how much of a rarity it is. You, you look at even, look, one of the best players in the league right now, it's Giannis. Not supposed to happen. Yeah. Look at his rookie year. Yeah. And look so, at his so trend. The media causes lost patience. Right. And people don't want to see the upward trend. They want right. to say, oh, I've watched. This guy played for 45, 50 games. Oh, no, he can't do this. Right. No. So, so people want to fire – people want to fire – Nets fans want to fire Kenny Atkinson already. So, so let me just say <laughs> uh, fortunate to see a rookie come into the league and play as if his life depends on it <laughs> and destroy everything put in front of him. Right. Yeah. We like seeing this. Yeah. We've gotten too used to seeing it lately. So when a guy like Nilakina comes in, or a guy like Lonzo comes in, mm -hmm. and they say, oh, okay, I'm going to take my time, try to learn how to play this NBA, try thing. to play the right way, let's try to figure this thing out. Like, ain't nobody got time for that. And that's why people are saying, oh, well, Nilakina, because uh, I got people on both sides of the spectrum. I got people telling me that he's going to be, you know, the second coming of James Harden. Not really James Harden, but you oh, know what oh, I mean. Uh, yeah. Versus people telling me that he's going to be a bust and that they should have traded him for Alfred Payton. You know what I mean? I got people Hell on no. both sides of the spectrum. Oh, 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 oh. The wait, point is wait, you just don't wait. know who he is yet. Wait, because Dexter said uh, you were, you're not happy about Emmanuel Moutier, clearly. But no. you had said uh, like two hours ago probably that if they got Alfred Payton – <laughs> I would have been even more upset. <laughs> I've been more upset. Even considering, than even considering the Knicks, I mean, judging by how the deals actually went down, could have gotten him for less. But I don't want to see Alfred, one. I don't want to see Alfred Payton is here anywhere near my team. That's number one. <laughs> yeah, he I, think, to, he, I think he's he, stupid. He needs to, he need to cut that. You're man. not leading my team when you got the hair. I'm gonna just leave it at that. So Dexter doesn't like the weekend. All right. That's not true. <laughs> see, now you got me, guys. That's not true. Uh, before we go, Moke, I want to ask you just some quick things. Uh, what do you think the the best thing was from the trade deadline? I think we saw you, you tweeted out about you like the way. Come on, man! I, I ain't even way. got to think about this, man. Yeah. Come yeah. on, man! I, I, I agree. I'm about to go. I'm about to go to the NBA store tomorrow. Buy me one of the Miami Vice Dwayne Wade jerseys. Yo, bro, are you kidding me? Nah, the, the Vice jerseys are fire. Yeah, are fire. I want to see. Oh, Yo, man. can we ask you since you brought up a, a City Edition jersey? We just need to ask people who talk oh. about this on the podcast. What do you think about the Utah Jazz City Edition jerseys? The Utah Sunset. I don't even know if I've seen it. Oh, I'm ooh. sorry. Wait, wait, wait. 
got laptops. The ja- bring it up. Bring it up. The, bring ja- it up. the, I, the Jazz, how many times have they won it a lot? They've won it twice. They've won it twice. Okay, and they won yeah. twice. Yeah, to be honest with you, the Jazz are probably. So I watch, I would say, maybe about 13 NBA teams frequently. Here we go. Look the at Jazz this. ain't yeah, one of them. That's yeah. almost half the league, though. Mm. Do you like it? And are you rocking it outside? Is it with the shorts? Uh, he's not seen okay. with the shorts. That's okay. Um, I I actually like it. Okay. I actually like it. I could okay. I, I could I could rock that. Nice. Now I would only rock it in certain settings. You know, I would rock that on on, on vacation. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? like on a yeah. beach. On the beach or something yeah, like that. Yeah. There we go. Know? Well, once I get my my biceps up, then I would rock the basketball <laughs> yeah. jersey on the beach. You know what I'm saying? I'm See? I'm working on that right yeah. now. You okay. Know? Okay, I'm so, working on so it. Matt, you got somebody else. You got social corner. Um, there we go. Any of the moves that, that shocked you, DeAndre not being moved, Tyreek Evans not being moved, any moves there that shocked you that didn't Kemba. happen? Kemba. <sighs> there are a couple of them, man. Honestly, there are a couple of them. Um, the biggest one that I would say, so uh, Charlemagne the God. I don't really listen to him at all. I like Charlemagne. <laughs> Damn. But what I do know is he got the donkey of the day. Gave Wait, himself the donkey today? No, no, no. He does the donkey. Oh, oh okay, of the day. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I love Donkey of the Day segment. We love that. Donkey of the Day. Who gets Donkey of the Day? The Atlanta Hawks. For not being able to trade Mario Bellinelli and then having to buy him out? I mean, how dumb are you? How did that not happen? How did we not just give the Knicks Donkey of the Day after all that? Our- no, nah, I mean, the Knicks, you get, it's not that bad that it was Donkey of the Day worthy. <laughs> they, said, they told Marco Bellinelli to stay home. Yeah. Well, then, well, then the girls. They said, brother man, we don't even got to see you for the next week. Just go chill, you know, go, go home and watch some TV, you know what I'm saying? Do some crunches, you know, keep yourself in shape. <laughs> You're going to have a new home on Friday, February 9th. Don't even worry about it. They got offers from Marco Bellinelli, and they said, no, that's not good enough. We don't want to trade him for that. They got offers second-round picks. And now, they, but now they bought him out. And they bought the man out for nothing. Well, now, if they, if they get donkey today, are you not giving one to the Grizzlies, too? They did the same thing with Tyreek yeah, Evans. I, it, wait, Tyreek Evans? Yes. It wasn't Brendan Wright? No, Tyreek Evans, they sat him down for a week and did the same thing that oh, he just oh, described. No, but they're, they're buying they're out to keep him. They're buying out Brandon Wright. I'm, I can live with Tyreek number one because it, he ain't being bought out by them, is he? No, they say no, that no, their no, intention no, no. to keep him. The Hawks bought Bellinelli out. So it is worse. They paid him to go away. And then here's the other thing with the Grizzlies was they actually had a deal at the 11th hour that they were trying to get done that would have gotten them Marcus Smart from the Celtics. That deal fell apart. So mm-hmm. at least they were out there trying to get it done, number one. And number two, they ain't going to write Tyreek a check to let him go off and go join the, the – the, well, I was going to say the Clippers, but ain't nobody going to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. To go join the Thunder or the Warriors or the Cavs. Like, come on, man. Donkey of the day easily. Atlanta Hawks, come on, man. We can't even argue about that All one. All right. That was do- – yeah. that, that was – And Doc should have traded DeAndre Jordan. I'm going to say that yeah. too. He should have traded DeAndre. I agree. I would have – Just not to the Wizards. I would have yeah. called the Cavs and I would have said, look, just give me Tristan and a future second-round pick and we'll call it even because I don't know what the Clippers are doing. But now reports are saying that they're, they're, that was close. That could have happened. Well, I don't, I don't know why it did not happen. Because now, if you're the Clippers, you're going to give DeAndre Jordan well, they probably wanted $25 the, they probably million? Wanted, they probably wanted the Nets pick. 
You would think one way. Maybe yeah, yeah, but yeah. when it comes to the deadline, like, you got to cut your losses and move on. Because now <laughs> the, the point is they could sign and trade him, which maybe they'll do. But the point is, like, they're probably not going to re-sign him. They, they seem like they want to go rebuilding. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, but they look like they're halfway yeah. between rebuilding. But, but that's the they, point. They, you got to choose one way or another. You got to choose which way you're going. I agree. That's I'm true. with you, man. You know it what I'm saying? It so, was a very interesting, eventful trade deadline. It was. Um, I'm not as angry about that. I got some things off my chest. I'm happy to hear see, that. Man. See, see, liberating. You can't let that anger sit inside you, man. Liberating nah, experience. Were, were you, were you, were you this relaxed uh, when you were not watching the Super Bowl this past Sunday? Oh, I was absolutely calm. <laughs> I was chilling. What, what were you doing? I watched. Uh, I had some friends over, and we were watching the Two Dope Girls comedy special on HBO. And some episodes of Impractical Jokers, mm. and enjoying a couple glasses of wine, and it was cool. I didn't watch one NFL game this season. Mm. Boycotted them. I don't even miss it. Oh, that's there that's that's cool, man. That's cool. Um, but I have a question though. So while y'all was enjoying libations and that brilliant television, where was my invitation, brother man? Oh mm. man, see, see, see what I'm saying? See, see. my invitation. So we was fans. Nah, you know, man, like, having no, parties, I knew, and I ain't even get no phone calls. You right, came, right. you came to this party here. <laughs> This is this is work, man. Look, man, we working. Look this, at this. Nah, what we what we do here at Ain't Hard to Tell, it's not even like. I got a bottle of water, man. Like, I wanted some red wine. Man, people don't even know if this could be vodka. We don't. Shh, <laughs> don't know it could be vodka. Yeah, I barely watched. It would balls. make the podcast much more interesting. Oh, I think a lot more interesting. Well, I, I might have said all kinds of things about the Knicks. I would have enjoyed that, <laughs> but you would have been alone because I don't drink. It's okay. Yeah, we know that. Everybody knows now that you don't drink. That's not yes. true. You've said it like 55 times. At least five. Yeah. yeah well, I went to the bar with my boy. I don't go, drink. Go, 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 go count how many we'll times you've said it. We'll have to pull this up in the archives. But yo, what's no. the call? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. So real quick. Uh, so you didn't watch Super Bowl at all? No. Okay. So you were probably doing what I was doing. Well, I don't know. Well, I, so I was in Maryland. Like I wasn't even in New York for the Super Bowl or whatever. And... <laughs> what's it called? So I get to my hotel, right? And they're giving Dave Chappelle like reruns from the Chappelle show, like That's always the great. Rick James, like the That's classic stuff, great. the Tupac song, all that stuff, right? So we had like dinner or whatever. Went downstairs. Uh, I don't know if I told you about this. So we had these loaded tater tots, right, with beef brisket in them, and there was like an egg on top of it. It was really good. That was appetizer. Had a burger, had some fries, Those whatever. Stairs was during the second quarter of the game because they had it on downstairs, Most whatever. Most you ain't invite him or bring any food. I wasn't going to Maryland. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Especially that part. No, we ain't got to talk about that now. But yeah, so you had so, the stuff. So had all that, went back upstairs, right? Brushed my teeth because I knew it was coming. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then this is not where this is not gonna go where you think it's gonna go. Yeah, I have no idea what's Br- going on. Brushed my teeth because I knew it was coming, right? Uh, I was limping all day those couple days, so I put I saw icy hot on my foot. Looked at my phone. Somebody was like, "Hey, yo, uh, Justin Timberlake's about to perform, so I want a link to see the performance, whatever." So I just tossed my phone to the side. I lied down, and then I fell asleep. And I woke up two hours later. TV, and I'm like, "Oh." Shoot, like Tom Brady's about to throw a Hail Mary and, and, and Philly's up by like eight with like 10 seconds left. That's the only play I saw the entire game was that Hail Mary. That was it. And they ended up losing, whatever. So, so that means that Moke's Super Bowl story is probably better than both of ours. Probably. He probably was actually at a party, but like acted like he didn't have a party. To go hey, shout to. out to Philly. I got the Penn Relay shirt. So, so that's solidation with What did you do for Super Bowl? 
Um, listen, man, I was in Mexico for my birthday, man. Yo, you didn't invite nobody, though. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, see, I knew, I knew there was some BS. Talking about you didn't invite anybody over Me. with libations, and you were in Cabo or Cozumel or wherever yeah, you were. Yeah, you were watching movies. I had the itis, and he was really, in Mexico. Really, man? Yeah, really. What happened? Your producers, they're they going to have a fit because we way over time yes, now. We are. I'll just tell you real quick, though. So we were in, we were, me and the missus, you know, we were in uh, Cancun, you know. Cancun. Went to lovely, Isla lovely. Mujeres, you know, yes, had, lovely, a nice, had a nice place. time. Yes. I landed at JFK around like 4.30. By the time we got to the crib, it was, it was like around 5.45, 6 o'clock. So we just chilled on the couch, man, just me and her, just watch a game all alone at the crib. That was it. Okay. And it was one of the finest Super Bowl watching experiences I ever had. That's how I know I'm getting old, Dex. I ain't no spring chicken Plus, no man, more, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, but it was, it was great. I, I thought it was a great game. There you go. There you go. Saves you that money. Hey, Mo, we want to thank you for coming on. We know it's been a busy uh, trade fingers, deadline. Fingers hurt, man. Yeah, a lot of tweeting. I'm going to radio tomorrow, man. My, my, oh, well, hopefully we kept voice, you. Man. Well, you know what I'm well, you got to take some, you know. Honey, nah, I'm honey good. with a little rum and some lemon. Well, I drink the rum regardless. There but yeah, go. I'll add the honey and. That's, uh, that, yeah, that, that's, that's how idea. that's how West Indian brothers do. We 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 like that rum. Um, we're not endorsing any particular rums on here, but we like that rum. What Ray and nephew all day? What do you mean we ain't endorsing, hey, man? Hey. Come on, I mean, man. If, if, if you, they're if not you, paying me. If you want to get I'm the not sponsorship, yeah. If you want to, I love I like some Ray and nephew. I'm with it. I mean, I I'm down with Appleton too. though. I'll take my rivers, my Grenadian rivers over that, but I like some Ray and nephew. But either way, I like Gary. Um, man, get out of here with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man, we want to thank you for coming on. We hope you come back. We need to have you on during free agency when everything really gets crazy again. Sounds good, man. Just let you me know. Come back. All right, that's Mo Hamilton. He is a writer for Basketball Insiders, actually the deputy editor, and he also does some writing for USA Today. You can catch him with you on the radio tomorrow on 98.7 uh, ESPN. Uh, well, we're recording this on Friday the 9th, but you can catch him whenever you can if you're in New York. Hear it on the app. You can check that out, too. So he'll be back. We want to thank Mo Hamilton. Brian's going to go have some food and Gatorade no, or whatever No, I'm actually going to try to find does. out who from El Salvador tried to log into my Apple ID. So I'm kind of uh, annoyed. All right. Well, Brian's going to find that guy from El Salvador. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back with another episode soon of Ain't Hard to Tell. Who from El Salvador? Take note.